what we saw was probably pretty scattered because you guys all did your study group separately and then we presented kind of in like lightning lightning mode we just kind of shot out what we found but uh, if I could sum it up I think what we did was we uncovered that the church this is how it summed up the church is called to spiritual and practical unity in one mission under one God that sounds like the Pledge of Allegiance, doesn't it? <laughs> the church is called to spiritual and practical unity in one mission under one God. But now that I say it, I can't even think of what the Pledge of Allegiance is. Pledge of Allegiance. Do you guys still do the Pledge of Allegiance in your schools? Every morning? Yeah. To the Republic, which it stands, one nation under God. I'm done. Yeah. 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 You guys start from the beginning. Yeah. Can I just? Uh, this isn't part of the message, but you know, America is a really great country. Okay. America, no, don't say, uh, you're wrong. America is a great country. You need to recognize that, okay? I know you don't stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance and all that. Like, I get that. But, dude, America is actually fantastic, especially when you compare it to other countries. I'm just saying, I love America, and, um, I mean, and I love Kylie, and I love Mothers on Mother's Day. So, take that. That is a good, that sounds like a country song. I love America and my wife. Okay, so this morning we're, we're, the the title of the message in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 7 through 10 is a graduation gift. I'm going to address the seniors. I'm going to primarily look at you guys and think about you uh, because I feel like, you know, if I wait to address you guys, if I wait too long, like you're basically checked out of school right now. You don't think about what you're doing in school and you're already beginning that transition of thought and life to not being in high school. So I want to address you now so that we can just enjoy these next three, four weeks of ministry together and uh, we can just, man, we can, we can do the senior trip next week and, um, and we won't have to have any weighty, like, like I've already wept a lot. <laughs> about you guys leaving like legitimately like last week I just wept all Sunday and uh, so I'm hoping to avoid that if I could just get this off my chest we'll be good we can move forward and I, I do think that it lines up with the passage here so as the seniors are preparing for their launch into the next stage of life I want to share some specific insights some specific exhortations uh, with them but all of you will reach that point All of you are going to be at the point where you're about to launch out of this class and into whatever the next phase of life is for you. And so everything I'm saying actually does apply directly to you. So don't 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 feel like I'm just, you know, not addressing everyone else. And it's just the seniors. Good timing, Trevon. (laughs) So hang with me. Apply this as as best you can. Let's just trust God that He will speak to us from His Word right now. Let's jump in. Verse 7. Verse 7. 
Here's what Paul says to the church. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So we're talking about a graduation gift from the Lord. God has given you a graduation present. It's grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So let's unwrap this gift a bit and consider what He's given you. We've been given grace to be a specific part of the church. That's what He's talking about here. Christ divvied up this grace. He divvies up His grace among us to fulfill different roles in seeing the church grow and lost souls be saved. Does that make sense? He's divvied up His grace. He gave grace to Travon in one way. He gave grace to Cody in a different, Elijah in another, Emily, Rebecca, Celia, Hamdi. He gave out grace for you to be able to be part in some way. So, let's look at some some cross-references here. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, the first part. Paul, Paul says it this way, For I say, through the grace given unto me, okay, we see here, Paul, he was given grace. What was he given grace to do? Who knows what Paul's function in the church was? Did you say Jesus? Gentiles. Oh, yeah, Gentiles. I thought you were doing the church answer. Jesus. <laughs> What was Paul's role? What was his function? What did he do? Did he write letters to churches? <laughs> he wrote letters to churches, yes. Joel, Seth, both of you, whatever. Either one. Fist fight for it. <laughs> <laughs> huh? To reveal the church? Yeah, to reveal the church, yeah. Yep. What else? Um, to reach the Jews and the Gentiles. Uh huh. To reach Jews and Gentiles, aka Jesus. Right? <laughs> Okay, what else? What was his role? Those are things that he did, Josiah. He, yeah, he was establishing. He started churches and established them. What else? He was a pastor, yes. He, he pastored people, right? He was an apostle. He was one who was out there shepherding people, right? Anything else? He preached. Did he do anything else? What else did Paul do? He healed people. That was kind of weird. Crazy. Cool. Alright. So that was his role. And what he's saying here is, he says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, Paul was given grace to pastor and to speak hard things into people's lives. And he says, To every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Can anybody just come up and say, Hey, don't be proud. Can anybody just come up and say that to you? I mean, probably they could, but will God use that? Will you, will, like, is that an easy thing to say? At some level, you need God's grace to be able to say hard things to people, right? Paul was given grace to pastor and to say hard things, to say truths to these people, to warn them, to rebuke. Now this particular verse right here, verse, verse 3, where he says not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Tegan's song was right on, man. Did you see that? The eye level view. And I like I have to look up to you. And I'm not at an eye level view. And I made an idol of myself. Like, come on. If you're honest, that's each and every single one of you. I know that is for me. So this verse is always good and convicting for me. 
isn't it easy to get caught up thinking all about ourselves all the time, especially if you're considering this next step, this launch from high school into to this next phase of life. All you do is think about yourself. All you do is think about yourself if you're a senior in high school right now. And some of that you have to, right? You're thinking about your life. You have to make big decisions regarding you. You have to think about yourself. But it's easy to get caught up in just obsessing about me, what I want, what I'm doing, how I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, what people think of me. Are they celebrating me? Are they proud of me? All these things. I want to just give you a quick reminder. Remember to be humble and to acknowledge God's supremacy in your life and decision making. Senior, don't get caught up in thinking it's all about you. It is not all about you. It's not all about what you want. Remember to acknowledge God's supremacy in your life and in your decision making. As you go from this stage to the next You want the Lord leading you. So Paul, he tells us how we should think. He says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but here's how you should think. He says, but to think soberly. To think soberly. According as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So he's giving you grace. He says, hey, think soberly. According to the measure, I divvied up faith. As well, let me give you a pop quiz. Pop quiz time, ready? Pop quiz. How does the Bible teach us that we access grace? How do you access grace according to the Bible? There's grace out there. How do you get it? Was that you, Lula? Who said that? You asked for it. Lula was right on with what I was looking for, faith. Okay, so Romans chapter 5, verse 2, it teaches us, by whom, it's speaking of Jesus, also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So it's through, it's by faith that we have access to grace. Again, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, you know that one. What is it? By grace, we are, by grace are you saved through faith. By memory, huh? <laughs> yes. That's good. So, for, for by grace are you saved through faith. You get that grace according to your faith. So, we see that God has given each of us grace. We saw that. He's given everybody grace. And He's also given each of us faith to access the grace, specifically as it relates to our spiritual gifting. So, there's a lot of words there. What I said is, what I mean is, God gives you grace. Well, how do you access that grace? God wants you to be, let's just use, I don't know, an evangelist, because we're talking about the mall evangelism. He wants to give you grace to be an evangelist. He's gifted you in that way, maybe. Well, how do you access that grace? How do you perform that function that He wants to perform in you? Well, it's, it's by faith. It's by believing that God has made me this way. And that God wants to use me in this way. What's the difference between someone who goes to the mall and does does the work of an evangelist and someone who doesn't? When you boil it all down, it's faith. If you're scared, if you're hesitant because you think, well, people are going to judge me, well, because that's awkward, well, because I don't know these people in this class, well, because I don't, you know, I don't know if it, you know, will God do that? That's weird. That's awkward. Bro. All those thongs, uh, thongs, 
All those thongs are wrong too, but all of those thoughts, I'm like reining it in. All the tangents I can go on here, the mall and, anyways, all of those thoughts are the wrong thoughts to be having. The thought is, is it obedience, is it direct obedience to join brothers and sisters and go do evangelism? Yes, that's obedience. Okay, so can I just trust that God will use that? Can you? Faith says, yeah, you can. And why wouldn't you? Right? So he specifically gives us that faith. He gives us, he gives us the unction. He gives us what we need to say, you know what? I'm going, I see it. I'm going to do it. Right? Romans 12, verse 6, it says this, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. The point is that we have different gifts from God, which is grace from God. This gift is grace to function as a member of the body of Christ. And so... Seniors, as you prepare to leave youth, or even potentially leave Kansas City like Trevon, I want to encourage you that God has given you the gift, this graduation gift, of being able to profit the body. And some of you have been functioning and practicing and flirting with the idea of being profitable here at MBT. You jump into Kid Town, that's great. Help out on praise team. That's fine. It's good. Right? But as an adult, you can take on more. You can take another step. You can grow your capacity to serve and be a, be a part of profiting the body. And you'll continue to do that as you transition into the next phase. If and only if you let him. Give you an example. My little brother-in-law, Jonathan. So Jonathan Best, when he was in this class, I always told Kylie, I said, Jonathan is going to be the leader of this class. And uh, you know Jonathan. He's like, he's stoic, right? Very serious. He, he didn't, he's not the guy who's the life of the party. He's not going around talking to people. He's not rallying people to go do these evangelism efforts. But Jonathan had faith. Said, I'm going to do, I'm going to do whatever authority says, I'm in. Because God's going to use it. God's going to use me. God's going to grow me. He was a quiet leader. And in many ways, he was like the heartbeat of this ministry while he was here. He was on tech team every single opportunity that anyone could be on tech team. I would go and I, I preached to camp one time. I said, hey, Jonathan, would you be willing to come with me and do the slides? Because I, I don't think they have a tech team. Will you come to that? He said, yeah, sure, let's go. And he set up the whole slide thing and like did the slides through this multiple day camp. And, and he was like my right, he was Jonathan, my arm bearer in many ways. But he wasn't super expressive and like doing ministry, reaching out. Okay, so then he graduates high school. Another awful time. <laughs> awful. You know what he does now? He doesn't do tech team. You know why? He told me last Sunday, he said, you know, I, I, I thought about tech team, but I just didn't want to jump back into that. And so now he's in FOI, Friends of Internationals, where he has to reach out to other people. And he's in Kidtown a lot, where he has to invest in and lead little children. 
You see that? You see that step of faith? He's not behind a monitor just doing computers. He's now in front of kids. Computers to kids, right? Information processing and display. Information to internationals. He took a step as he transitioned from this group into the next step. He said, I'm in. Whatever it's next, whatever it is, I'm in. Let's go. Seniors, would you take that step? Growth. Here's your gift. You have grace to fit. You have grace to fit and function wherever you go. Now, ideally, to me, ideally, that's Kaya. That's the college and young adults ministry. But I know that not everybody's going to go to Kaya. I'm not, I'm not naive. I know that some of you make decisions, and that's between you and the Lord, to go and do other things. I, I don't have the right or the role to say that's right or wrong. So I'm at peace about it. But whatever that next step is, you have been given grace to fit in to the body of Christ and to function in the body of Christ. And so here's this exhortation. Please be diligent. Please be diligent. Please be diligent to find your fit as you leave this high school class. It means so much to me. That you prioritize how you will be a part of the body of Christ next year. There's this gap concept that kids fall through after they leave a high school ministry. They leave a youth ministry and as they take this step, they launch into adulthood, young adulthood, into college and young adults. That typically, the vast majority of students who graduate high school in a youth group, they leave the church. We have been strategically, intentionally attacking that gap since I joined youth ministry 10 years ago. I have thought about it. I have wept over it. I've prayed over it. I've strategized with Brandon, the counselors. We are praying and begging God that you take that step from here to a a secure landing spot where you can fit in and function. It's of utmost importance that you're diligent in that. Now, I will say it hurts me that some of you are going away from Casey. It hurts. It feels like, uh, it feels like, like I'm stabbed in the gut. It hurts. Because it's personal. And it's personal because I love you. It hurts me that you're going to Kaya. (laughs) I want you to stay forever. But not getting to be around you hurts because it's personal and it's personal because we love you. And, and not all the counselors get to, to have this pulpit to be able to share and express these feelings. Um, and I do think that I speak on all of our behalf, but it hurts. But I am and we are trusting God that he's going to bless you, that he's going to bless your launch from this church and youth group and that he's going to encourage you and he's going to grow you. I do think it's a positive thing. He's going to continue to use you through this. And He's going to use this in your life. But if I can just say one one last thing, whether you're going away or you're going to stay, as we already know, a member of the body that's, that's cut off from the rest of the body dies and withers away. You cannot go die and wither away 
wherever you go. If you're going to Kaya, you cannot hide. You cannot go to the outer edge of Kaya and just look in. You have to jump all the way in. You have to commit. You have to be bold. You have to decide, I'm going to the heart of this thing. I'm going to go straight to the heartbeat. I'm going to hear what this ministry is all about, and I'm joining myself to it. And I'll let God fitly join me, and I'll let Him work out what role I have in this, but I'm going in. I'm not standing and watching. I'm jumping in. Does that make sense? The kids who have gone to Kaya, they switched over from here to there, and they look on the inside. They're not around anymore. There's legitimately students I could think of. I could list off handfuls of students who they transitioned from here and they weren't intentional and they're not around. I see them at the liquor store down the street from my house. They stop by and say, hey, hey, Jeff, hey, what what are you doing? Cigarettes in the pocket, looking real unhealthy. Nowhere near a church. You think I'll never be me? Bo, you don't know who you'll be next year unless you decide right now and you are intentional to give yourself to the Lord in that. Does that make sense? you got to decide. You're beating this, this horse pretty hard, Jeff. Like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to Kaya. I know. But you gotta you you gotta know that the temptation and tendency to just wander it's there. So let's get creepy. Ready to get creepy? We're gonna get creepy briefly. Okay? Creepy briefly. Not thong in the mall creepy. Praise the Lord. Bible creepy. Okay, verse 8. Here's what Paul says. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. What's that mean? What's captive mean? What does it mean if you're taken captive? Prisoner, right? You're in custody. Captive. So he led captivity Captive. He took this group from here and he took them somewhere else. Who is it? Well, we're talking about Jesus, right? Okay, check this out. Matthew 27, verse 51 to 53. It says, And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. So Jesus Christ dies. He lays out. His life is laying out for, uh, for the sin of the whole world. And in that moment, there's a veil. Long story short, it's important. It's torn. Now there's access. This whole kind of thing. I'll let you study that on your own. And the earth did quake, so he dies, and the earth quakes. Whoa, and the rocks rent. And the graves, watch this, the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints which slept, the saints that were dead, (coughs) arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. What? I'm going to let you guys study that one out in your Bible studies. If you'd like. And if you need to ask for help through that, feel free to ask any of the counselors. We'd be glad to, to study that with you. But let's continue in verse 8. Okay. 
So it says, he, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. That's the next part of the verse. So we see here again this graduation gift, these graduation gifts. He gave gifts unto men. What is the gift? Review. Pop quiz number two. What is the gift? Starts with a G. Grace. Grace. Grace for what? Grace that is accessed by faith, but what is that grace for? What does it what does it allow you to do? Two things. To fit and to function, right? You fit into the body somehow as you transition from here or even just right now. You have a fit in this ministry because God gave you grace to do so. But you also have grace to function. You have a gifting. There's something that God has allowed and enabled in your wiring by His Spirit. You can do something productive in this ministry. You can be part of souls being saved, even if that means you're not the one that is speaking the gospel. The person who speaks gets, gets a lot of the attention and credit. They don't, they don't deserve the, the attention and credit. First of all, Jesus does, because it's Him that's working in and to will, to do of His good pleasure. But, but if people aren't praying, if people aren't being hospitable, bro, Nobody likes to just be talked to all the time. Amen? So if you just preach the gospel nonstop, and that's all you, like if you come into a group and all everyone does is preach the gospel to you, you coming back? Maybe, but I mean, I kind of want someone to like be my friend. I don't know. I mean, so he's given each of us grace to fit and to function. And that grace is gifts. Now, verse 8 here, when it says, um, when it says, He ascended to give gifts and gave gifts unto men, that's actually quoting Psalm 68, verse 18. So check out how amazing God's Word is. I want to just show just a real quick study of, of um, how, how cool God is. Psalm 68, verse 18, it says, Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts for me, yea, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God might dwell among them. What's that sound like? This is Old Testament. This is not Paul writing this. This is, this is David. So, what's that sound like? Sounds like Holy Spirit. Yeah, gift. Uh-huh. What's it sound like? Ascending on high? Led captivities captive? Yeah, Ephesians 4 verse 8, right? It looks like Jesus, it looks like the Holy Spirit, it looks like Jesus, God might dwell among them, Holy Spirit now dwelling among us. It looks like prophecy. This dude, somehow, he may may or may not have known it, I don't know, but he's talking about Jesus. But there's a difference, right? Uh, In the psalm, the psalmist says that Jesus received gifts for me, right? Well, what did Ephesians 4.8 say? In Ephesians, Paul quotes it as Jesus gave gifts. Why is that, that little, little dis, uh, difference? Well, it's because Jesus got the gifts and then turned around and gave them to us. Jesus could have built the church all by himself. He doesn't need you know, he, did, he, he didn't think, oh, man, you know what I really need? 
If only I had a Mazzy. We could really get some work done. He's not in need. He could have built the church with the snap of his fingers. Right? But he chose us instead. Here's your application. Jesus doesn't need us to bring him glory. But it is a gift to be able to be used by him. You got to understand that. Jesus doesn't need, he doesn't need you and me. But he wants to use you and me. That's how he chose to do it. He received those gifts. He could have done all the work by himself. Jesus fulfilled everything, right? But he says, you know what? I'm going to take these and I'm going to give them to these people. And I'm going to use them to build the church. That's pretty cool. As you're getting that down, the Psalm 68 verse 19, the, the, the psalm continues. And this should be our response. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Man, bless the Lord. Daily loadeth us with benefits. He's daily giving us what we need. He's daily giving us grace and mercy. He's daily giving us open doors to be used by Him. He's daily giving us bread, right? Just like the song we sang earlier. Isn't He wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. You know? Alright, let's keep going. We're on the second half. Verse 9 continues, Now that He ascended, Jesus is up in heaven. What is it but that He also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? So before He went up to heaven, you know where He went? Hell. Right? Jesus ascended into heaven where He's sitting at the right hand of God the Father, but He descended first. And I am personally comforted by this. I'm comforted. I was thinking about this. Kylie and the girls were at a a graduation in Kansas this weekend, and so I basically had nothing to do all weekend. So I went out to my hammock on Friday, and I was like, I'm just going to sit here and read my Bible in my hammock. And as I was sitting there, just reading my Bible, I was like, man, you know what? I'm terribly sad that these seniors are going. But, God is familiar with sending His child off. He knows what that's like. He knows knows what it's like to send His child off into a hard situation. Or one that He doesn't prefer. He knows what that's like. God can relate. And He can comfort me in that. And I was like, ah, there's some grace. God, you know what this is like. This isn't unique. This doesn't catch you off guard. That these people are leaving this ministry. Hebrews 4, verses 14 to 16. We got to see this. We got to get it. Because you may not be grieving the loss of the seniors, but you may be grieving something else. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace. Let's find grace 
to help in time of need. God can relate to all our feelings of discouragement and He meets us there. In other words, He knows what we are going through and wants us to bring those things to Him. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. He's with you. Whatever it is you're stressing about, whatever you're fretting about, whatever you're fearing, man, whatever you're sad, heartbroken about, I want to invite you to just be vulnerable before the Lord. He knows that feeling. He's with you. So just give that to Him. And so, uh, the last verse here. Verse 10. It says that he, he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens. It's important that He raised up. He's up in heaven right now. That's important. Why? It says that He might fill all things. He did that. He conquered the grave. That He could fill all things. So, God didn't just send His Son for no reason, obviously, right? Why did God send His Son? In the first place. Why did God send His Son in the first place? There are like multiple answers, I guess, technically. <laughs> what are the answers? Why did God send His Son? Let's see what you, let's see what you think. To save us. Okay, to save us. What else? Joel? To offer the kingdom of heaven. To offer the kingdom of heaven. I thought Joel was going to say something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to offer the kingdom of heaven, right? He did offer that. Jesus did in His first coming. It was rejected. And, and through his decision to, or through the, the, the people's decision to reject that, right? He said, okay, I guess my work is to lay my life down for the sin of the whole world. And so he's up on the cross and he dies. He didn't send him off into the world for no reason. He had a purpose. He had a work. And so Jesus does that, right? He conquered then, after dying, he conquered sin and death through resurrecting. The power of of His resurrection. Do you know that you have that same power inside you right now? But then, He didn't stop there. He didn't just raise from the dead and walk around on earth for like 40 days and present Himself to about 500 people all at one time. That's like a quarter or maybe half of your high school. That's a lot of people that Jesus presented Himself to. It's a historical fact that Jesus rose from the dead. If you don't know that, you should know that now, right? He conquered sin and death and He ascends then into heaven. And now, now he can fill all things. And functionally he does that because he left what? The Holy Spirit. Right? He says, I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes in and indwells us. What else did he leave us? He left us his spirit. So we got that. What else did he leave us? He left us his word. Okay, so now by His Spirit, I can see what His thoughts are about me. I can see how He feels about me. He can comfort me. He can speak to me. Okay, what else did He leave? He left His body. You know, if, if Nate is hurting, somebody have a tissue? If Nate is hurting, I can say, Nate, I'm really sorry. I love you. It's going to be okay. And that probably means something, maybe. Right? Thank you. But if Nate is hurting, maybe words are sufficient. And I think they are. I mean, 
that's not all God left us. Where did He leave us? He left His body. So if Nate is hurting, and I come up and I hug him, <laughs> is that not a, a, isn't that like a benefit? He daily loadeth us with benefits. I mean, come on, right? <laughs> he didn't just come to earth, die, raise again, hey, good luck. He left His Spirit, He left His Word, He left His body so that we can be filled by Him. Now, here's some things, some applications of how Jesus fills us. Now, these are inspirational applications. Functionally, it happens through His Spirit, His Word, and His body. But consider this. Maybe you have a hole in your heart. We may have a hole in our broken hearts from anything. Parents abandoning us. Loss. Friends dropping us. Failures of all sorts. Maybe there's something that your hole in your heart causes pain, anguish, grief. I don't know what it is. But Christ wants to be welcomed into your heart to fill that hole with His love, with His security, with His comfort. He calls Himself the God of all comfort. And if you walk around and you're not comforted, you're hurting, stop walking for a second. Look up. He says, I'll comfort you. Whatever you got, let's work through it. I'm here. So maybe it's a hole that he needs to fill. Maybe it's a role that he needs to fill. Many people are sitting, stick with me here, sitting in the vanity, in their vanity, as the king on the throne of their hearts. In this vain pursuit of life, they're in charge. And they, ha- they actually have a very real need for a very real Lord and a very real Savior to come in and fill that role in their life. And what I mean by that is, if you're in charge of your life, you will get tired quick and you're going to be miserable. If you're in charge, good luck. It's hard, man. It's hard to be in charge of your life. That's a lot of pressure. And when things go wrong, guess who's to blame? You. And so when things go wrong and you're to blame, guess who gets all that pressure? You. And so guess who feels like, man, I just want someone else to make this decision for me? You. And so what you can do is you can just say, man, there's this role I need filled in my life of someone to just take charge and lead me. Jesus wants to fill that. Lastly, maybe you have a hole, maybe it's a role, or maybe it's the hole. See how I rhyme that? Some of us are on a path right now to live our whole life seeking after what makes us happy and fulfilled. And God gave his life for us and rose from the dead as a winner. I I was just trying to think of the words that describe what Jesus is as a result of him conquering death and giving us purpose. He won. He won. He's a victor. I was going to say victor, but no one ever says victor unless they're talking about Jesus. He's, He's a winner. He's a champion. He did it. He didn't lose. 
He won, and what He earned through that victory is He gave us a purpose. He is a provider of this new purpose that we, we would, now we can, give our whole life to His heart's desire. So maybe you need to give your, or your whole heart. Maybe you need to give, your, give way to your life. Give way to His leadership. Give way to Him coming in and comforting you. I don't know where you're at, but here's the conclusion, and we're done here. As we go to main service, what will you put before the Lord? How are you going to respond to Him saying, Hey, I'm here and I got this. And I've given you grace. I've given you everything that you could possibly need. And maybe as you're going, you know, you're transitioning out of high school class. He's given you everything that you've needed all along the way. And you haven't always felt that way, I'm sure. You've probably been burned by the church along the way. You've probably had your feelings hurt. I know that that's true because it happens to all of us. But you have to recognize He has given you everything that you need and what will you give in return? What will you offer Him this morning in response to the great gifts that He's given you? Will you offer a sacrifice of praise? Will you offer Him your affection? Your attention? Simple things. Will you offer Him your life? Your graduation gift. It's grace. But what are you going to give Him? Let's turn it around. It's cool that you got that. It's amazing that you got that. But that ball's in your court. And in a sense, I'm kind of letting go. I'm letting go. And I'm here for you, and I'm never going to not be here for you. I'll be here for you as long as I'm alive. But the reality is, you're going, and you, we probably won't talk a whole lot, just practically. We're not. I mean, Javon, if you're in Springfield... We're not going to be hanging out. How could we? I mean, when you come home, I would hope you give me a call. Elijah, you're going to Kaya, bro. I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> you won't. I'll text you it sounds good. <laughs> Believe me, I want that. But do you know how much I talk to my, my own brothers who are in Kaya? Hardly ever. And I eat lunch with them every other week. <laughs> the reality is there's going to be a separation and it's okay and it's good. And I'm just processing at this point. I'm letting go, but I want to give you this. I want to give you this. Specifically to the seniors. What will you give to the Lord? What are you going to offer Him? And I can just say, man, the best thing, what He wants, is a sacrifice of praise. Give Him your heart. Okay? And as we go into main service, I would encourage all of us to do the same. Let's go into worship and praise and let's just give our heart to Him. Right? And let's listen to the preaching again of Sam just preaching and, and, and letting God's Word channel right into our hearts. Let's, let's give space to that. Does that make sense? Okay, let's pray and then we'll get out of here. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You that Your Word can guide Guide us through our emotions and through our circumstances, God. I'm I'm thankful to you that you uh, that you encouraged me, that you comforted me, that uh, you did that through the material we were set to to walk through in class. That 
you just put those two things together and you and you helped me along uh, through through this process. God, I know I'm selfish and I'm thinking a lot about myself right now. And God, I do want to turn my thoughts to you and, and I want to I just want to surrender and and I want to trust you. I want to have faith that you're going to do you're going to continue the work that you're doing in us. And um God, would you bless these seniors? God, would you just come come alongside them? Open their eyes to see that you're right there with them. And in the hard seasons that they're going to face, you know, this group is characterized by adversity, I believe. Lots of broken families, lots of loss, lots of uh, really, really hard circumstances. This senior class in particular has gone through really awful things. And God, you haven't gone anywhere. You've been right there. Would you give them just some grace to be able to turn and see you right there with them? And God, do remind them, uh, remind them that that we're here too. And while we might be up the street from them, um, God, we always want to see them. We always want to hug them. That we we are family. And so help us to support them as they transition. Help us to support them in their launch. And um, even if that just means praying for them and remembering to pray for these seniors. God, I love them so much. And I'm really thankful for all the time that we got to spend with them. Uh, Thank you for Emily and just her boldness and her willingness to jump in and and do whatever we're doing and condescend to us and just uh, be, be a staple in this youth ministry in my mind i can always imagine her eating that watermelon in the parking lot and um, god i'm thankful for for the moments that we got to have with that Um, god thank you for rebecca and uh for all the time she's spent at my house um I'm going to move on so I don't just cry. God, thank you for Trevon. And uh, since he was just a little boy, he's, he's, he's been in these halls. He's been in these rooms. He's been on this property for a long time. And he is family. He, he is as close to uh, a son, I think, that any student has been. And uh, Lord, I'm, I'm proud of him. I'm thankful for him, and I'm uh, I'm just thankful to you that that you are going to bless him and and you're gonna you're gonna guide him from here, God for Cody, and just how you've blossomed him in the in the last year, Lord. It is it is incredible how you know he, he's so quiet and meek and willing to serve and willing to to fill needs, and now all of a sudden he's leading, and now he's he's really turning into. A minister of reconciliation that is vocal and, and bringing others into that. And Lord, we all want to say thank you for how you've moved in his life. Thank you for his salvation. Man, it's good. 
And thank you for Hamdi and that she's been around. She's been part with us. God, would you save her? Um, Lord, we need her. We need her for eternity. And um, God also lift up Elijah. And I don't think there's anybody who's who's um, who's made their mark on a group like Elijah has. Elijah is truly unique. I'm so thankful for him. Thank you for the hours. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for the wrestling matches. Thank you for the the humor. Thank you for the lightheartedness. Thank you for the submission. God, thank you that you kept him. We don't take that for granted. And um, if there's a senior I missed, I apologize. And uh, God, we love you and we thank you and ask that you would lead in God the rest of our morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, let's clean up and head on over. Oh.